Greetings once again, Retreat Church. It's so good to bring the word of the Lord to you on a weekly basis. Thank you for participating online. We pray that you feel um, connected to us. We pray that you feel loved and cared for. And if there's ever anything you need, please jump on our website and um, contact us and let us know of your need. And we'll be glad to jump out and serve you. This week, as we continue our um, series called Value Alignment, we're looking at this idea of aligning ourselves with God. And I know that that's multifaceted and kind of a big, big picture, one that would take um, months to probably dive into and to break down and discuss. But we're going to talk about a piece of that today. And the piece of that is the mission of God and doing what God is, is set out to do and what Jesus is set out to do. As we um, looked at a few weeks ago, we looked at our why and we looked at why God even started the church in the first place. And as we discussed that, we discovered that God was reconciling all things to himself through Jesus Christ. And so if that is what God has been doing, and that is what God has instituted the church to do, how do each and every one of us align our lives to that which God is doing? Because there seems to be a, like a popular kind of theme in Christianity that Something in our life has gone wrong before we come to know Jesus and we learn from a Christian that loves us that God can take care of that problem for us and God can bring healing and restoration to our life and God can fix those problems and make our life whole, which he can and which is a major part of what God is up to today. But what happens when we come to Jesus in, in that way, at some point we have to begin to learn that um, we need to turn this focus around and as God starts to bring us back to himself and God starts to restore our lives and bring healing to those situations that brought us to him in the first place, he begins to require something of us. He begins to require us to um, join him in his work. It's like he comes alongside us and he heals us and restores us and forgives us of our sins and cleanses us of all unrighteousness and sets us in a place of purity before him in a restored relationship. And then he comes to us and he says, will you join me on my mission of continuing that work in others? And what we discover is what God did for us was really bringing us back to himself and restoring us to that state of relationship that our sin had ruined. And then he says, will you join me to the, on this mission? And we already have experienced it because we've experienced the restoration of God in our own lives. And and so we need to understand that that's what God begins to ask us to do. And we need to grow out of this idea that um, God has come and that God is at work today in the world to help me achieve my goals. Because if we come to a, a Christian experience and we get involved in church ministry and we read our Bibles and we um, dive into a relationship with God and we have this misunderstanding of the relationship that God is following me as I seek to achieve the American dream or I seek to fulfill all of the goals and aspirations of my own life and that that's what God's role and purpose is, that God is here to make sure that you and I achieve all of our goals and all of our aspirations. And that's simply not the Bible. Um, God is not um, here to kind of get behind my agenda for my life. Um, God is here to call me into a relationship with him so that with an invitation 
that I join him in his work. So finding value alignment in my, in, in my life and in your life is a growth in understanding that as I value God, the person of God, as I value him, I begin to align my life with his activity and his goals and his mission and his task. And I simply am embraced by the idea that the creator of the universe has invited each and every one of us to join him in his work of restoring all things to himself. And aligning our lives with valuing God means that we're beginning to allow align our lives with the mission of God. And so what, is that, what does that look like and how does the scriptures help us to bring our lives into alignment? Because I, I think that if you live your Christian experience expecting God to uh, fulfill your dreams and your aspirations and your goals, and he's following you as you lead the way, and you're saying, God bless this, God come and bless my education, God come and bless my career, God come and bless this, because as I achieve this, Lord, I want you to get behind me and support me and bless me and resource me and do all the things that I want to do. I believe that if you live your Christian life that way, which many do, um, your life, your Christian experience becomes very frustrating. Um, and you start to be, begin to um, doubt the love of God for you. You start to um, doubt whether or not God answers prayer. You start to doubt whether or not God has really saved you. And our faith becomes very um, minimal and, and a struggle into the point where many people begin to abandon God because maybe they had a health crisis. Um, maybe they lost a job. Maybe um, a relationship failed. And they say, well, it didn't work for me. Christianity didn't work. And so um, I, I'm done with God because God didn't help me achieve what I thought I should be achieving and attaining. And so our life really ends in that way. So what does it look like then to align ourselves with the value of God and be a people that have joined the mission of God? I believe that to understand the mission, we can understand this um, teaching of Paul out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21, where Paul says this, he says, now therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regarded him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God has reconciled the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our, for our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So did you catch how as God redeems us, he gives us the ministry of reconciliation. He then says, my mission is becoming your mission. And the work that I've done in your life is the work that you're going to do in the lives of others. And together, we align our lives with the mission of God. And we begin to experience a fulfilling Christian experience following God instead of trying to get God to follow us. And so understanding this ministry of reconciliation as the world, as we've seen so often in today's context, we see the division, we see the separation, we see the pain that that causes in the disjointed culture that we live in today of division and hate and animosity and criticism and name calling and just erupting into mass childish behaviors. 
we see that the church has this opportunity as we align ourselves with God. And he says, I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. I've given you the ministry to bring people back together underneath the leadership and the love of God. And so understanding the mission as a task and as a ministry of reconciliation becomes part of aligning ourselves to God. Now, if we understand what the mission is, a ministry of reconciliation, then how do we accomplish that? What has the Bible taught us about accomplishing this mission as what, what God is up to and then what he's calling us to? So what are exactly the practical steps that you and I can take to join in? I believe that there are two that Jesus really talks about, and we call them, for the lack of a better phrase, we call them the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Understanding the Great Commandment and the Great Commission are ways in which you and I, once we understand the mission of God, can join in. And the Great Commandment, as most of you are familiar with, is found in Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40, where Jesus is asked, he says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all of the law and the prophets. And so Jesus summarizes all of the teachings of God, all the demands of God into two basic things. And we call them the great commandment, to love God with everything you have and everything you are, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So the great commandment, that's the first step in joining God in his mission is a commitment to love him and to love those around us. Well, as we accept that, what's the second step? Then the second step is joining Jesus and following the Great Commission. So we have the Great Commandment, now the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, where Jesus, at the end, once he's died, resurrected, he's met with his disciples over a period of 40 days, taught them about the kingdom of God, and this is what he tells them. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, as we begin to understand the mission of God is the reconciliation that he's brought to you and offered to you, that you now begin to offer others. And the way that we offer this reconciliation is by following the great commandment, and the Great Commission. So as we begin to embrace this and find value alignment in our lives, what does the challenge become? Because you might say that it's not easy to love people today. It's not. You might say that, Pastor, it's not easy to love God. I know it's not because we are human beings and we have frailties and faults and we struggle, we have blind spots and growth um, opportunities, and we have a past where our minds have been formed in certain ways that we need to mature out of and grow into a Christ-like mindset. So once, if you and I are sitting here and we're saying, okay, great, well, the passage of Scripture is clear in understanding the mission of reconciliation. We know that we follow that and we join in, and it is accomplished by the great commandment and the great commission. So what are some ways that you and I can grow in value alignment, aligning ourselves to the mission of God. I believe just there are many, but for the sake of today, let's just look at five in this context. And the first one would be this, that I'm going to begin by worshiping God. I'm going to begin by understanding and speaking of God's worthiness and looking at this when he's in John, where we 
read in verse in chapter four, Jesus speaks to the woman at the well who had this massive misconception. She thought that in order to worship God, she needed to go into Jerusalem into in into the temple. And but she was not allowed for cultural reasons. She was not allowed to do that. And then Jesus speaks to her in this way. He says, But the hour is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship God the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so I know that we get caught up today in a lot of the mechanics of worship, and and I know that the church over the last year has been thrown into some sort of tizzy, right? Because um, we've been told we can't be in our buildings, and then we... Um, can be, and then we're outside and inside, and we're making all of these different decisions, meeting over Zoom, watching online, and some people are having a hard time with this. And what we're in need of reminding is that though um, places of worship and gathering points of worship are important and our value are significant, I'm not lowering the significance of that, obviously, um, but what we do when we come together and we worship God in spirit and in truth, God is wanting to develop us as worshipers. So, and that means that we would come together with God and with our spirits, and in truth, we will begin to tell God of his worthiness. And if we start understanding how much God is worthy of our love and of our affection, of our worship, our lives, be, our lives become more aligned with him, and we begin to want to serve him because we begin to understand how worthy he is of that. And then the second um, part of this would be to share your story. Share your story as a worshiper is one of the ways that you can join in. And I know so many people say, well, great, the ministry of reconciliation has been given to us, the great commandment, the great commission, but what if I'm asked questions that I don't know the answers to? What if I don't know the entire story of the Bible? What about if there are big, scary questions and somebody asks me? So some of us are so crippled to join into the mission of God because we're so afraid that we won't be able to answer every answer everyone's questions. Well, you know, I've been in ministry a long time, and I can't answer everyone's questions. Um, but I know that God can. And if we together commit to learning, which will be spoken of in a moment, I believe that if we know how to find answers, and we know that we can go and tell someone, you know, I don't have an answer for that right now, but let me do some study, and let me get back to you. And they're so valuable in the ministry of reconciliation is so valuable that you and I will not be lazy, but you and I will do the work and we will be able to answer um, questions. However, um, beyond answering everybody's question, you have a story to tell. Remember at the beginning of our time together and our look at the sec in the second Corinthians that you have a story of reconciliation in and of your own testimony, how God brought you to himself and what you've discovered and what you've learned and what you've read in the Bible. Those are the things that are going to be most valuable to the people that are in your life. And though they will have difficult questions that you can go find answers to and do some study and research on, the most powerful um, tool that you have to participate in the ministry of reconciliation is the reconciliation that you've experienced with God in your own heart. So tell your story. Don't be afraid that you can't answer all the questions, but be a worshiper that's telling your story. And then we have thirdly, display compassion. Look at what Jesus says um, in Matthew um, chapter 9, verse 36. He says, when he saw the, Matthew says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Isn't that indicative and descriptive of our culture today? 
that they are harassed and helpless. We're harassing each other at an alarming rate in today's culture, you know, firing off one tweet after another, insulting one another on social media, insulting each other face to face. Um, there's insult and harassment plenty going on today. And Jesus is looking at our culture and he says, look at them. They're all harassing one another. They're helpless. They cannot self-regulate. Humans just simply can't. We spoke of that a couple weeks ago. Um, humans have the inability to, to, to manage themselves in a productive way without wanting to kill each other as a result and, um, or harm each other in some way. And it just erupts into this nonsense and this violent sort of outburst and things. And Jesus looks at us and he has compassion. And man, I'll tell you, that's an area of growth for me. And sometimes in my Christian experience, I feel like God's asking me, how long are you going to walk with me before you grow in compassion? Because I grow in frustration. My, that, that's, that's me. That, that's my human nature is to get frustrated with people when they seem to be like sheep without a shepherd. I sense to want, tend to want to distance myself from that. I tend to want to just call it foolishness and go do something else. But Jesus here is modeling for us that if we're going to join and align our lives with the mission of God, that it starts with worshiping. It, begin, it, it continues with sharing our story. And it, it continues even further and deeper when we have compassion on people that are harassed and helpless and that people that are like sheep without a shepherd. And then number four is we have to live justly, right? Notice Psalm 89 verses, uh, four, verse 14 says this, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. So what is, what, is this, what is the foundation of God's throne? Justice. What is the world crying out for today in various forms? Justice. What is so hard to define today? Justice, right? I think justice is hard to define today because we are trying to define justice without God. That we're trying to eliminate the word of God, eliminate God from our society and our culture. And then when the very thing that is the foundation of his throne and his throne is, is no longer appealed to, then we're just left with this search for justice in some sort of blind, haphazard way, once again acting like sheep without a shepherd. And sheep without a shepherd will continually put themselves in dangerous positions because sheep follow one another over the cliff. And if there's one thing that, that uh, defines our culture today is many, many people are just following each other over the cliff. And so if we're going to have compassion on people, then we need to also be people that walk in justice and seek justice, but not as the world defines it. We need, the, we need God's justice because we like to put a bunch of words in front of justice, don't we? We have, we have all these various, we have social justice is the big one today. We demand social justice. Well, why don't we demand God-like justice? That's my suggestion. Some have said we don't put any word in front of justice at all, that we just read texts like Psalm 89, and maybe those folks are right. That justice in and of itself, that we need to learn what that means and what that is from God's perspective because he is the objective lawgiver, that he is the objective truth provider. And so we need to turn to God. But as long as our culture and our society rejects God, it'll never find justice. It'll never experience justice whatsoever. And in our culture, Sometimes I think that what we call justice is really we just want revenge. And so if you are calling and demanding justice, but you're acting in a way that's displaying revenge, I invite you to look into the scriptures and see what God's justice looks like. And notice that God always has something else with justice. God always has mercy with justice.
So whatever area that you're demanding justice in today, I want you also to combine mercy with that and righteousness and faithfulness as this psalm describes. Finally, we have this, that as we um, are worshipers and we're continuing to share our story, we're displaying compassion, we're um, living in justice, God's justice, that we would continue to be learners, that we would not believe that we are the people that have found every single answer to every single problem in the world, that we would be humble enough to continue to learn and continue to listen. And I think compassion breeds listening, and that's a growth, another growth area for me. But Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5 says this, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. So what would happen in our culture today? What would happen in the church if Christians decided that we are going to reverse course and we're going to say, God, I'm going to stop having a prayer life that looks like I'm trying to get you to follow me. And I'm going to have a prayer life that is seeking after aligning my life with yours and joining your mission and asking you, God, what is your goal for the day? What is your goal for my life? What are your efforts and how do I join your efforts in this um, message of reconciliation? How do I display the great commandment? How do I fulfill the great commission? How do I continue to display compassion and live justly? How do I learn what's going on in my culture? Learn from other people. Learn the needs that other people have. Learn the struggles that other people are experiencing and join in as Jesus joined in with you that you had a struggle, that you have issues in your life that you need Jesus to bring reconciliation in, and Jesus is pouring his life into you, and he's then calling you and I to do the same for those around us. I think good days are ahead. I think opportunities for ministry abound, and I think as we look at the chaos of our culture and we understand the mission of God as we bring value alignment to our life, I believe that we're experiencing the greatness of God. I believe in you. I love you. I pray that God is leading you into great ways today. I pray that your heart is open to him. And if you need anything, again, go to retreatchurch.com. Contact us there. We'd love to pray for you and meet, meet your needs. God bless you. We'll see you next time.